Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Chapter 4, in the story of Pope Pius XII, The Pope of Peace. The extraordinary face of this pontiff glowing with holiness and a great kindness, does something to you that is indescribable. It is as though a great and peaceful hush had fallen upon the world when His Holiness comes into the reception room. And you continue to experience that feeling long after the audience has ended. Protestants and Jews say this reaction is not confined to Catholics alone. And that the impact of this gentle, and saintly man's presence is quite overwhelming. And this was the constant reaction of the countless thousands who enjoyed audience with Pius XII throughout the nearly 20 years of his papal reign. He is gone from us now, but his kindly spirit must still linger in the modest apartment where he lived inside the Vatican for so many years. The apartment is on the third floor of the Vatican and overlooks St. Peter's Square. The bedroom is very simple and the small, modest dining room very plain. The Pope eats his meals alone, though not quite alone in the case of Pius XII. In one corner of the room stood an immense birdcage. For the most part, it was the abode of canaries, But there was a chaffinch among them, and her name was Gretel. 
and Gretel was perhaps the Pope's most intimate companion. The little bird shared his meals. It was the Holy Father's first act upon entering the room for breakfast to open the birdcage. And at once, the canaries flew out of the cage and were free to spend most of the day flying about the dining room. But it was the chaffinch which settled down on the breakfast table and pecked at a fresh roll which the Holy Father set aside for it. So, my little one, you do me the honor of sharing breakfast with me? <laughs> but uh, let me have my newspaper, please. Come, Mother Pasqualina, come. Mother Pasqualina, a nun who served the Pope for 40 years of his life, remained as his housekeeper after he became pontiff. The coffee's a little strong this morning, Holy Father. Well, we've never complained about her coffee, have we, Gretel? Your Holiness, please, don't let that bird stand on your plate. Well, she was standing on my newspaper, and I asked her to let me have the paper. She had to stand somewhere. Gretel, shoo! Oh, that impudent creature! <laughs> Look at her standing on your cup now. Shoo! Ooh, can't you see I want to pour the Holy Father's coffee? Little one, you're scandalizing Mother Pasqualina. There, that's much better. There's nothing very pleasant in the newspaper this morning, Holy Father. Oh, there must be a word of cheer somewhere. Not with all the trouble the communists are making. I don't know how you can stay so unruffled with some of the wicked things they say about you. Well, we can't condemn them for what they are, Mother Pasquarina. We can only condemn what they do, these unfortunate people who shrink from the divine light of God and hide from his love in their own darkness. I think we must pity them. They hate you, and they hate God. And I suppose that because they do profess to hate him, they must hate themselves. <laughs> they must. Mm. The coffee is excellent, Mother. Oh, I'm so happy, Your Holiness. I was just thinking that we should remember that deep down, every man is good. Because God is good. And because God made each one of us to his own image and likeness. We must remember that God loves every one of us, no matter what. And he must be very sad when so many of his children profess to hate him and deny him. We must pray for them, you know. For the communists? More than we pray for ourselves. We must pray that someday they'll be drawn back to God. I'm sure they will be. I'm so sure of that, Mother. There was something prophetic about the conversation. It was a certain morning in the holy year. Later in the day, taking with him some documents which he wanted to study, the Holy Father went for his daily walk in the Vatican grounds. That was when it happened. At first, the Pope thought his mind had grown weary from years of overwork, that he was the victim of an optical illusion. It seemed to him there was something very strange about the sun. 
it appeared to be framed in a dark, narrow circle. And after a moment, the Holy Father dismissed it from his mind. I must have my glasses changed. I must make a note of that. Look up, Eugenio. A voice. A mere whisper that seemed to come from within him. And yet that seemed to come from somewhere else. And the Pope was conscious of a chill running down his spine. Again, the voice. Look up again, Eugenio. Transfixed, the Holy Father stood there. Then he obeyed the voice and looked up at the sun again. It was moving. The immovable sun was moving. It seemed as though some invisible hand had reached out from the heavens. It took hold of the sun and threw it across the sky, then caught it again and set it back in place. The phenomenon ceased, and the Holy Father's brain, on fire a moment ago, became cool. His logical mind knew only one truth. He had been doing what could not be done. He had been staring into the blinding glare of the burning sun without his vision being harmed. This without the aid of dark glasses. He stood there for a long time, as motionless as any of the white marble statues in the Vatican grounds. And later he went back to his library without telling anyone what had happened. Oh, Lord, guide my thinking in this hour of doubt. Was it an illusion I saw? Or did I really see anything at all? Oh, Lord, I realize it was no illusion. I know I saw this miraculous happening. Is there something you want me to understand, O oh Lord? Is what I saw a message from you, Heavenly Father? A sign? A sign of where you would have me direct my efforts? Is there something you are telling me to do? Lord, if that is the case, Help me to understand. Long into the night, the Holy Father sat there alone in his library. And it came to him that what he alone had witnessed that day 
had occurred once before, many years ago. It was on May 13, 1917, the very same day he had been consecrated an archbishop in Rome. On that same day, a mysterious lady had appeared before three shepherd children in a mountain pasture in Portugal. And the children were amazed at the shining beauty of the lady. For she was clothed in white and gold, and her face glowed with the beauty of virgin purity. They asked her where she was from. I come from heaven. And the children begged her to tell them how they could serve her. And the lady told them it depended upon how much they loved God. And they assured the lady that God was very real to them. And their love for him was a part of their everyday life. Do you love him enough to repent for the wicked things other people do against him? Do you love him enough to feel sorry for those who commit sin against him and who deserve his worst punishment? Do you love him enough to pray to him every day to forgive these wrongdoers? The children promised the lady they did love God enough to pray for the sinners of the world. And in return, she delighted them by promising to visit them again one month from that day in the same place where they now stood. For the next month, the children prayed harder than ever before, saying the rosary over and over again as they tended their sheep. At the end of the month, the lady kept her promise and appeared to them again. This time, she taught them a new prayer. Forgive us, O God, and take all souls to heaven, especially those whose offenses put them in greater need for thy mercy. And then the shining lady told the children she would visit them again in the month of October and tell them who she was. But the children begged her to perform a miracle next time she came so that people would believe she was real. And the lady quite calmly told them there would be a miracle. In that year of 1917, the lady told the children the war would soon end. But she warned that a greater war would break out unless the world mended its ways. When I next come to you, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my immaculate heart. If my desires are fulfilled, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her errors across the world, causing wars and the persecution of the church. The good will be martyred and the Pope will have much to suffer. Nations will be annihilated 
but in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph and the Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me. On October 13, 1917, 50,000 people stood on the hills around the meadow. The three children saw the shining lady again. I am the Lady of the Rosary. Just before the lady appeared to the children, the multitude of 50,000 people saw the miracle. The sun moved back and forth, and the people trembled, some with terror, some in awe, and most of them prayed. Science did not record the phenomenon, but 50,000 people saw it happen. Pius Twelfth, alone in his library, thought about those events of 1917. Everything the Shining Lady had prophesied had come true. Everything. The end of that first world war. And then another one, greater than the first. The annihilation of nations, the spread of terror across the world, the persecution of the church, everything she said would happen has come about, except one thing. The lady had asked, for the consecration of Russia. She had said a pope would do this for her. As yet, this one thing had not come about. Oh, Mary, mother of all, on this day just ended, what happened that day in 1917 happened again. To me, and apparently to me alone, the sun moved, and I was allowed to see it. Surely your message is clear to me. Mother, dear Mother Mary, for so long I have pitied the Russian people. Am I the chosen Pope? who will consecrate Russia to you? Was this the message that came to me this day just ended? There was only silence in the room. But in the outer darkness of the night beyond, it seemed as though the angels sang in the heavens above the Vatican as the Holy Father prayed. And he deliberated meditated for two more years, seeking guidance in prayer.
Good morning, Your Holiness. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Mother Pasqualina. The coffee's a little on the strong side this morning, Holy Father. Well, perhaps I need coffee that's a little on the strong side. Holy Father, you haven't been up all night again. It seemed it was time to get up when I realized I should be in bed. You should take better care of yourself. The fact is, Mother, I have just completed a most urgent and a most important message. I think we might call it an apostolic letter. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Please do pour my coffee. An apostolic letter, Holy Father. I think we shall arrange to have it broadcast over the Vatican radio and beam it on the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union? The communists? Mm. Mother, little reverend mother, do you know, I think this letter will be without precedent in papal history. I am addressing it not to the bishops, but directly to the people. In this case, the people of Russia. Of course, this won't be the first time we've broken a precedent, will it? Indeed, it won't, Holy Father. But this time, oh my. Oh my. Apostolic letter was duly broadcast over the Vatican radio, beamed on the Soviet Union, and its message relayed around the world. It startled most of the world. For one thing, there had never been many Roman Catholics in Russia. The Russian Church drew away from Rome long years ago, and it became the Russian Orthodox Church. But still, Pius XII addressed the Russian people. And so, in a most special way, we consecrate the Russian nation and all of its peoples to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. letter to the Soviet Union's people reflected the kindly character of the Holy Father. It assured the Russian people of his love for them and his compassion. It reflected everything the Pope had ever said, written, or thought. His love for all people, without regard for their race, their color, or their creed. He could not, in all faith, be anything other than he was. For he was the vicar of Christ, and he fulfilled the prophecy made by the shining lady who appeared to the three children in Portugal 
35 years before. As if to answer the Holy Father's blessing, the leaders of the Soviet Union and their communist allies in Asia conspired against the Christian world by fanning the flame of war in Southeast Asia. June 24th, 1952. Communist North Korean troops invaded South Korea in a trial test of strength between the East and the West. On the outcome would depend the fate of Christianity. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymoor. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymoor. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.